Blog Talk Radio. Up 
upon a long time ago. I'll never fly off to Neverland. I'll never travel in time. All I can do is the best I can and go there in my I'm there Hide and seek Musical chairs Hot summer nights And the cool winter snow From once upon A long time ago I smile as I look back On roads I've crossed Traveling down memory lane But without all of those that I loved and lost Life is not the same For all the good times I can recall To all I've loved God bless you all, the happiest moment that I'll ever know were once upon a long time ago. upon a long time ago. Hello to some of the 50 countries around the world who listen in regularly. Norway, Netherlands, United Kingdom, Ireland, Germany, Latvia, Russia, Romania, Croatia, Austria, Switzerland, France, Spain, Portugal, Kenya, United Republic of Tanzania, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Dominion Republic, Mexico, Canada. And for the last two weeks, we add a new country to our global listeners, and uh, it's called Myanmar. Myanmar used to be Burma. And uh, we just uh, mentioned 23 nations that have followed us in the last few weeks, all listening into the radio show and what an impressive audience. My name is Neil Holland, retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. Along with me today, I see uh, one of our co-hosts, uh, Harry Lindquist. Uh, Harry, can you hear me okay? Well, maybe it's not Harry. 516, Harry code 516. Who might that be? It's George, Neil. Hey, George. 
Good to hear from you. I think his is 515. I always get that one digit off there. How are things up your way on Long Island? Uh, nice. It's a very nice day up here. A little chilly still. It's been uh, a pretty cool spring so far. You know, it hasn't been that warm yet. Yeah. Well, good that you uh, came on board uh, with us uh, today, George, because, uh, first of all, have you written any new books? Let's let's get that out of the way. You got any new books coming out on the books? Uh, uh, actually, uh, I've completed two. Uh, neither of which are on the bookshelf uh, yet. So uh, I'm working on it. Fantastic. Very good. Yeah, it's not not easy with, with the COVID, you know. It's been a little bit difficult, but it gave me a good opportunity to go forward with the writing. So uh, we shall see. Fiction or nonfiction, George? Um, well, uh, well, I actually have more. I've quite... I've, I have one book that I know you would like. Uh, okay. I, I ought to forward it. I ought to forward it to you. I, it's completed. I haven't. I haven't really attempted to uh, put that one out there yet. And then I'm yeah. working on a novel right now. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I so. thoroughly enjoyed the first one that you sent me, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, following too close to the sun. Great, uh, great story, and um, uh, you had a lot of uh, a lot of help in researching that one because I think it was uh, based on the shuttle service or up New York LaGuardia area in Boston. All of that. Yes, uh, included. I, I, I flew I flew a shuttle for Eastern for my entire career of 18 years there, Golly. and uh, you know I flew it on the. Uh, not only the 727, but the uh, A300 Airbus. If you recall, Eastern got a, uh, or I don't know if they purchased or leased uh, two or three, I don't recall the exact number of Airbuses from, uh, I'm trying to think of where, where they came from. Um, yeah, France, was, uh, the fr consortium there, the France. Uh, and, uh, no, they, no, they no, these, these were... They, they they called them the Ayatollah airplanes, so I guess they came from they came from Iran. Iran had ordered them, but apparently they couldn't couldn't afford them. So Eastern picked up the uh, the airplanes and outfitted them in all uh, all tourists for the um, for the shuttle. Okay, so very those, good. Yeah, flew those for a couple of years also. Yeah. I remember Charlie Simons, the uh, financial officer with Eastern, made a good deal, such a really good deal that Eastern was the first airline that operated the A300 in America. It seemed right, like most of the other companies wanted to stick with uh, American manufacturers and were afraid to expand out uh, to uh, the European manufacturers and Airbus was really just getting started back in those days and they really wanted a presence here in America. So Charlie uh, uh, set up a financial deal that um, even uh, uh, Borman went around bragging about uh, how good a deal it was that we were getting and I think we eventually got about 20 of those airplanes, 20 or 40, I'm not sure which. I, I flew them for about a year, year and a half and I uh, flew them on the Moonlight Special, 
and boy, was uh, did I want to get off that uh, that the operations because it was kind of FedEx type of flying. It flew all night, and I right, wasn't right. much of a night owl, so I tried to get off that airplane, and I eventually did. But how did you like the airplane, George? Oh, I, I thought I, well, I had gone to uh, Lufthansa school for ground school in mm-hmm. Frankfurt on it, and then uh, the simulator was also Lufthansa's, but um, you know the instructors were all Eastern pilots, and uh, that part was really nice. And I was over there for like six weeks. I liked the airplane, as you as you probably recall. The only problem with it, or the major problem with the aircraft, was that it didn't go very high. It, yeah. I think like thirty one or thirty three thousand feet was the highest yeah. that I ever went in that aircraft. You know. And. And you remember, uh, I think it had to do with the camber of the wing. It was kind of a big, fat wing. It wasn't really an aerodynamic design. And uh, I remember they warned you against making a bank more than 20-degree angle. You know, you get the stick shaker. And, of course, when I first got on the airplane, sure enough, uh, here I am wrapping the airplane around to make a quick turn, and I get the stick shaker. But, fortunately, I had my check captain checking me out on the airplane. And and, uh, do you you recall that? You know, I don't recall that. I never experienced that in the airplane. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't recall. I flew it, I flew it, the Airbus, probably in the worst weather I've ever flown with. I've flown in. And uh, I never, never really had a problem with the, uh, with the stick shaker. No. Okay. Well, it was smooth air taking off out of Atlanta, and I kept thinking, well, I'm still on a 757, which I had upgraded from 757 flying to the A300, and and the 757 was like a fighter jet, you know. Uh, you could, you could almost do snap rolls with that airplane. It's had so much power for the. Uh, amount of weight of the airplane and so I tried to treat the A300 that way and it, it just was not to be done <laughs> that, that yeah well the, you know the 7.5 it also would go a lot higher and yeah. uh, but it, it 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 really based upon the uh, weight and speed formula it, it only paid a couple bucks more than the 727 did you know so I know yeah. a lot of people yeah. Yeah. Who would rather have flown a uh, a three-person crew uh, rather than a two-man crew, two-person crew on a seven-five? Yeah. yeah, and that that that's a story unto itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, we actually at Eastern we actually did have three pilots in the cockpit of the seven-five prior to uh, the board Alpha Board of Directors meeting that year. In fact, the entire Eastern MEC was invited out to uh, Seattle. We went through uh, the Boeing simulator on the 757, and it had a full flight engineer panel at the time. In fact, wow. you, having, flown, having flown the 757, you probably remember there, there was still room in the cockpit. They, yeah. they got that flight engineer panel out of there before you could blink your eye. Yeah, After we had that, two jump. We had two jump seats in that airplane in the cockpit. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, that, yeah. that we could thank our Alpa brothers for uh, at North yeah. Central and Hawaiian 
at the time for the uh, two-person crew on the 757 because we had three at Eastern, and, of course, they wanted uh, two on the MD-80. Why? I don't know. Um, but that's when John O'Donnell uh, caved in and decided to allow some group of uh, federal bureaucrats to decide how many uh, pilots we needed in the cockpit of the uh, next generation aircraft. But George, remind us who it, John O'Donnell is. Uh, remind us who well, he was. Yeah, J.J. J. O'Donnell was the, at the time, he's a former Eastern pilot, and he was the uh, president of the Airline Pilots Association. Is he still alive, George? Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the last I heard, uh, that he was ill, but I, I don't know uh, if he's still alive or not. Now, he was before your serving uh, with Alpha. Is that no, correct? No, no. I, 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 I was on the MEC from uh, 78 until 82, and then again from uh, 86 until 88. Well, so what do you was, think? Uh, go ahead. He, yeah, was? He, he was still he he was the president of Alpa for my entire first four years on the MEC. Okay, okay, and and who followed him? Was that uh, Babbitt? No, I believe him? it was Hank Duffy followed him. Duffy, that's right, Hank Duffy. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, once upon a long time ago, talking about memories. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yep. George, I'm gonna spin a record, and we got a lot of conversation to do, you and I. And I uh, got a lot to talk to you about, and you can fill me in on what's going on. And see if you remember this song. This is one of my favorite songs. Used to sing it, and uh, when I, every time I thought of my bride to be and my wife to be of 64 years, I enjoyed listening to Tony Bennett sing this back in 1952. Matter of fact, this song was one of the songs that launched his career in singing. Here we go. And I can smile because 
that flight 980 that crashed at the Mount Illimani that you wrote about, uh, they found, I believe, didn't they find the uh, voice recorder or was it the uh, data recorder? Or? No, what they found was the when the uh, two fellows, the two uh, adventurers went up there, I believe it was in uh, 2017, um, uh, call it that they... Uh, um, that they found the casing for it, but um, okay. I don't believe they, they also found the tape. It was just uh. a regular tape, and they believed that perhaps that was the tape from the cockpit voice recorder because they had found the case. Case was in several pieces, and um, but it turned out it was not. It was not anything yeah. to do. It was it was just an old movie or something. Oh, uh, a tape okay. that they found. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, uh, this vertical descent uh, coming down from over 29,000, the articles that I read say, and came down and crashed in a minute's worth of time. Uh, boy, it was streaking vertical down. It it uh, it, it, it just uh, begs to say that the component or the horizontal stabilizer off that airplane uh, must have come looser. Uh, departed the plane because that's the only way I can see that the airplane could point vertically down like this. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, if um, you know, there was there was a problem with the uh, horizontal stabilizer on the 737. If you recall, I believe there was a uh, a U.S. Air uh, 737-400 that crashed in Pittsburgh, and mm. uh, <clears throat> that was caused by something to do with the uh, horizontal stabilizer. But I don't, I don't recall exactly, uh, you know, what, uh, yeah, you know, any more than that about it. Yeah, and I think they said that there were witnesses, or it appeared that some of the parts of the airplane peeled off the airplane in flight on its way down, on its path down. And I can imagine uh, at those speeds uh, that the airplane was coming down, it uh, you know, ripped various uh, parts of the airplane off. Uh, right. But, but the, um, according to Christine Negroni, um, the, um, that part of the airplane had been found six miles prior to the uh, actual crash site so um you know away from the actual crash yeah. site mm -hmm. so that would seemingly indicate perhaps some type of structural failure but like i said you know we really won't know until both the flight data recorder and the cockpit voice recorder are read it seems from what i've read about this so far that for a point i believe it was at seven or eight thousand feet that the plane did level off before it went into that nosedive. So oh. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I, you know, I, I was interviewed when the German wings airplane crashed oh. into the mountain in, in Europe. And um, the, the interviewer for, it was from uh, WPIX here in New York had asked me, you know, uh, if, if, you know, it was pilot suicide. And mm -hmm. I told him the same thing. I said, 
you know, I don't know. I'm not in a position to say one way or the other what it might have been because until the cockpit voice recorder and flight data recorder are read, we won't know. Well, they never aired that aired my part of the interview because I wouldn't, you know, speculate on yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that airplane, the 737-800, I believe, is the airplane that Eastern version 2.0, Ed Weagle, and his crew, I believe, were operating the uh, 800 series, if I'm not mistaken. Do you recall? I, I believe you're correct, yes. Yeah. And then right above that, of course, was the next model that came out was the MAX. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, the A300 Max, which, of course, we yeah, the, know. Yeah, the, the Boeing, you said A300. I think you meant the Boeing I mean, 737. I mean the 737 uh, Max. Yes. And, of course, that's the airplane that had the CMAC problems with it, the uh, automatic uh, sensing uh, and positioning the nose uh, to prevent uh, low-speed stall. Uh, and I think they eventually found one of the angle of attack indicators had uh, malfunctioned and um, gave an erroneous reading. And uh, But at any rate, now, has that airplane been uh, reintroduced uh, to uh, transportation with some of the uh, carriers? Are they flying the MAX now? Do you know of, yes, George? Yes, yes, yeah, they are, yes. Uh, I, I believe the problem was because the... Uh, angle of attack indicator, it was a sole angle of attack indicator that was attached to or uh, that the, uh, the uh, CMAC took, took uh, the input from. They now have made a backup for that, and of course they've trained pilots on what to do in the event of a malfunction, which I don't, I don't believe was done before. I'm not certain, mm -hmm. because like you, you know, I've been retired for uh, a number of years, so I try to keep up with it, but, you know, there have been so many changes in the last yeah. 10 to 15 years that it's pretty difficult to do. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play another record here, and uh, we've got another interesting topic I'd like to talk with you about uh, quickly, about uh, the U Ukraine aircraft versus drones, and give some thought about that. But let's listen to this, one of my favorite ones. It's by... Bobby Darren, Bobby Darren, and this was back in the 50s, too, I believe. Oh, just as an aside here, Neil, while you were playing the last tune, I looked on the computer. Uh, as far as uh, there's nothing on anything about J.J. O'Donnell passing away, so uh, oh, presumably okay. he's still alive. Yeah, he's in his 90s, that's for sure. Yeah, okay. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Let's listen to one of our favorites, Bob Dar Bobby Darren. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth, dear, and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe, and it keeps it up. Out of sight You know when that shark bite With his teeth big Scarlet billows Start to spread 
Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie be? So there's never, never a trace of red. Now that walk, huh? Ooh, sunny morning, uh-huh Lies a body Just oozing life And someone sneaking Round a corner Could that someone Be Max the Knife? There's a tugboat Down by the river, don't you know Where a cement bag Just drooping on down Oh, that cement is just It's there for the way to dare Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town Not to hear about Louis Miller He disappeared, babe After drawing out All his hard-earned cash And now Maggie, he's been Could it be a boy's done something rash? Back in town, I said, Jenny Diver, whoa, Suki Tawdry, look out to Miss Lottie Lynn, and old Lucy Brown, yes, that line forms on the right face, not that Maggie, back in Yes, I am, Neil. Okay. Uh, Looked up real quickly about the Ukrainian Air Force, and of course nowadays we're hearing, uh, it seems like, uh, the only thing we hear on television uh, is about the Ukrainian-Russian war, and uh, it seems like the Ukrainians are doing a a mighty good job, and uh, unfortunately the country's... uh, uh, coming to ruins and reminds me when I see the pictures of uh, what happened in some of the World War II cities and how they recovered and Japanese uh, after the the bomb over Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki and the destruction of all those buildings. um, It it seems to be pretty much the same picture that uh, is showing up for the country of Ukraine. And um, do you know right offhand what kind of aircraft uh, they are using, whether they are uh, American-built or Russian-built? Probably Russian-built. Um, I, I, I really don't know, Neil. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they're doing a magnificent job. And uh, also, uh, it's uh, reported, and I saw that uh, one of the one of the brains of uh, 
one of the past administrations. Oh, Petraeus, General Petraeus, uh, who was quite a, a leader in, in the uh, Iranian uh, war that we uh, we had, uh, talking about uh, introducing if America would give uh, the the drones that would carry the type of missiles that could be launched from those aircraft. Uh, to be used, and they were they are razors, a razor something. Uh, do you recall what the name of that drone, uh, that missile? That uh, he said that uh, it would make up for the absence of Ukrainian airplanes in in the airspace above fighting that war. Uh, no, I don't, Neil. I have no idea whatsoever. Um, yeah. But I believe that General Petraeus. That was during the Iraqi War, was it not? Iraqi War, yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah, me, not the Iranian yeah. War. Yeah, so many uh, wars between those countries over there. Uh, but at any rate, it seems like things might be changing around. But uh, uh, I see it every every day. I don't know what channels you watch uh, up in New York. Probably the ABC, CBS, NBC, the main ones. I pretty much uh, stay with uh, cable news. And uh, they report it, uh, you know, from breakfast to dinner, and uh, puts me to sleep at night. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, I, I, uh, it's just amazing that so many people have been misplaced from their country, um, and uh, because of the power of one person uh, wanting the power that he does, obviously, uh, in my opinion. So at any rate, uh, just had that as one of the things I wanted to hit on tonight, uh, today. And the uh, other thing is uh, about about you, the the Alpa leadership, ALPA. Do you still get the Airline Pilot magazine? I do. Yes. The, I presume you do also. Correct? No, I don't. I don't. And I, oh, okay. I, I never I'm have surprised. figured out why. And I th- think one of the reasons was that, if you recall, uh, the Eastern pilots were given two options. They could um, they could choose to go with Continental Airline when Continental started hiring uh, pilots and. The labor protection laws gave us the right because we had moved the 757 fleet or a lot of it over to Continental Airlines through Lorenzo owning it. And we were given the option to um, take half of what we were entitled to get from uh, you fill me in now. I'm I'm my memory's fading here. We got what the source of the money that we were to collect, but at any rate, I chose half, and with the with the um, the ability to go to work for Continental, should I choose to. Of course, I was over 60 at the time, or no, I wasn't over 60, but yes, I was when Continental brought people back. I had just crossed the line over 61 or 62, and I got the letter from Continental asking me to show up for work or for school, ground school on the, um, on the, um, whatever, the Airbus. And 
it was a, no, I'm sorry, the DC-10, the MD-80. And uh, so I chose that and went well, out to no, Texas. Okay, I don't believe the DC-10 was the MD-80. The MD-80 well, was the stretch DC-9, wasn't that? Uh, okay, well, it was the DC-10, whatever, the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the MD-11, yes. MD-11, yeah. So I went out to uh, Texas and went through the ground school on the airplane, and um, and uh, I uh, at the, at, after I finished the course, it was a month-long ground school, and then we were to start the simulator training. And but before we started simulator, we were given uh, I think a few days to go back home and and think about um, where the bases that we were going to be assigned. As a matter of fact, they told us that uh, most of us would be out in uh, in uh, Guam with Air Micronesia operations that they had. And um, so I decided at that point I didn't want to go to Guam. And I left and came back. But you recall... Do you recall what options we had when I chose that second option of uh, taking uh, no, I half? Don't, you know, no, I don't, because the reason is I left Eastern in 88 oh, okay. uh, to, go, right. to go to work somewhere else. Um, but on the, uh, on the magazine that I still get, it says EAL. And so, uh, but that, that's all I know. You know, I don't, I don't know anything else about it. Yeah, but um, I never did receive mine, although I retired uh, a month before the uh, the walkout and um, and honored the uh, – as a matter of fact, I marched many days in the picket line at Pensacola, Florida uh, with the rest of the group, even though I'd put in for my retirement a month earlier than the strike and uh, was given – that uh, opportunity, as you remember, when you when you decided to early retire, uh, you, they had so many days that you had to wait before it actually took place. And uh, so I I put in my retirement paper papers in um, it was February, I think it was, yeah, February, uh, about a month before the March uh, strike, and. As it turned out, uh, Eastern went on strike, and and then uh, a machinist, and then the airline pilots honored that. And I was called by Eastern asking if I would come back. They wanted to uh, fly the airplane with people that would cross the picket line, and uh, I chose not to. So I continued to walk the picket line, even though you know my retirement papers were were in, um, and um, that was the way I ended my career with Eastern Airlines. It was a month earlier than uh, the rest of the people. So, at any rate, uh, uh, I was just thinking about Alpa, and has it? lost a lot of its membership. Do you know right offhand where the the roster of the Alpha Airlines represented by the Airline Pilots Association uh, has lost many of its carriers? I know 
American Airlines, I think, was the first airline that broke with um, ALPA and started their own uh, union. You recall? Yeah. Well, American, I think theirs was in 55 or 56, something like that. I'm not sure of the exact year. So please don't, you know, take that to, yeah. to church yeah. with you. Um, but uh, when I was, after I, I should say, after I had left U.S. Airways, they were out of ALPA. But then they, U.S. Airways purchased American, so now they're in the Allied Pilots Association. But yeah. I don't believe, other, other than American and uh, perhaps uh, UPS, I believe that most of the other major airlines are still with ALPA. But, I, you know, I, I'm not, I never really, I never really followed that, you know. Yeah, I remember the first president of uh, ALPA was not even a pilot. It was Clarence Sagan. Uh, I think his last name was Sagan. And um, he was a non-pilot. He was a, uh, an, an attorney. And as you recall, he was in the airplane that went down, I think, out of Chicago, and he was killed. And I believe he was the first president of the uh, Airline Pilots Association, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, to replace him was Charlie Ruby. Uh, with National Airlines, who was the president of, uh, he was the, the union representative at National, and he became the uh, the president of Airline Pilots Association, if I'm not mistaken. There's a good book about uh, the uh, association, ALPA. I can't think of the name of it now, but uh, I've got it on my was that, was, that, was that the one entitled Flying the Line? Was that the yeah. one? Yeah. That's that's it. Very interesting reading, and as a matter of fact, it even showed pictures of that crash. That uh, I want to say his last name was Sayen, S-A-Y-E-N. Or, I know his first name was Clarence, and uh, and of course Charlie Ruby, uh, the, the second guy, I think, and then of course presidents through throughout the rest of the years. I think one of the last people associated with Alpha. Was uh, did did Babbitt? Was he ever president president of Alpha? Yes, he was. He was, I believe. I'm not again. Don't hold me to the exact dates. I believe that he was the president of Alpha from '91 until '98 or something like that. Okay. All right. And uh, of course, his father was uh, quite a union representative. Of, uh, I forgot his first name. Uh, ooh, what is his name? Babbitt. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I didn't know his father. <laughs> yeah, big tall fella, and I think Babbitt uh, was a tall guy too. I never met uh, Randy Babbitt, but uh, often tried to get him on the show, but never could get him on the show. And uh, he had that unfortunate uh, situation that. Uh, I think he was accused. I don't know whether it was actually charged with uh, a DUI or whatever, and that kind of took him away from the airline policy. So, I mean, the uh, no, he was with the he was the Secretary of Transportation. Oh, what, was he the Secretary of Transportation or the head of the FAA? Ahead of the FAA, excuse me. Now, we've right. got to, yeah, good good thing that there are two of us on the air. 
There you go. <laughs> good, good memory, just short, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play one more song and we're going to get out of here. But this one I really enjoy because I am one of these guys. Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in a sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. Days are all filled with an easy country charm. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. When the work's all done and the sun sets low, pull out the fiddle and the rods enough to bow. Kids are asleep, so I keep a kind of love. And thank God I'm a country boy. I'd play Sally Gooden all day if I could, but the Lord and my wife wouldn't take it very good. So I fiddle when I can, work when I should. And thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife, I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the riddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. Them money hungry fool. Rather have my fiddle and my song and tune. Thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah, pretty folks driving in a black limousine. A lot of sad people think I'm nothing but a king. Son, let me tell you now exactly what I mean. I thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife, I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the riddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. My daddy's till the day he died And he took me by the hand Held me close to his side Said to live a good life Play my fiddle and cry And thank God you're a country boy Well, my daddy taught me young How to hunt and how to whittle Taught me how to work and play a thing on a fiddle Taught me how to love and how to give Just a little And thank God I'm a country boy Well, I got me a fine wife I got me old fiddle When the sun's coming up I got cakes on the riddle Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle song? Yep. John Denver. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether they can call. Uh, uh, where Where would you have to live in New York to be considered a country boy? <laughs> <laughs> well, probably somewhere north of Westchester County. Westchester, which is where? Uh, just northwest of New York City. 
Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I saw a picture the other day of, uh, I think it was on Facebook, of a 1011. And I don't know how it was taken, but it was over. You remember we used to come in uh, over the Statue of Liberty and go up the Hudson River and make that right turn, swing over toward LaGuardia and and land. And uh, we had that 1011 in the air. I used to fly when I was uh, demoted or we lost spots in Atlanta and I couldn't hold captain any longer on the 727. And so I went over to the L-1011 as first officer and uh, that was a great airplane, and it, it did a wonderful job going in and out of LaGuardia, even as small as LaGuardia was. It, it did a wonderful job of, uh, at that airport. And and I, I couldn't understand why uh, along comes the A300 operating uh, in LaGuardia, and they couldn't operate on that runway that was extended out over into, what was it, Jamaica Bay there? Uh, Flushing Bay, yeah, they, Flushing I believe Bay. that was, yeah, that was ultimately lifted though, that uh, restriction. Um, the, the the restriction was placed on the Airbus initially because, if you recall, uh, Tom Butchin wanted to fly the uh, Airbus both into Boston and into Washington National, and uh, the feds put a bunch of restrictions on it. Never, it never did fly into Washington National, but it did from LaGuardia to Boston. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I flew it into LaGuardia quite a bit, and uh, uh, we had to use that uh, uh, system, that lighting system, where you lined up with the uh, with the lights so that oh, you the, could you, position you the, the landing gear. Yeah. Yeah, the vast you could, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you could uh position the wheels if you follow the uh, lights. Kind of like the old Canarsie approach going into Kennedy. You remember that, of course, oh, I yeah. guess. Yep. Canarsie. Yes, I do. Yeah. And uh was there a town down there that was named Canarsie? How would to get the name Canarsie? Yeah, the, the Canarsie Brooklyn it, it would uh it was named. Yeah, there's a okay. town or, or a portion of Brooklyn that was named that's in, uh, called Canarsie. All right. That's like so the what, Downey when, approach when you were, going into uh, Los Angeles, a little town down there called Downey, California. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you flew into Kennedy with the Canarsie approach, it was for, I believe, my memory serves me correctly, runway 13 left. And uh-huh. if, you, if you remember, you went right over the hotel there. I mean, it was yeah. it was close. <laughs> <laughs> that was like San Diego going into San Diego. You just yep. your, your gear would almost hit the air conditioning units on top of the hotel. <laughs> yep, same thing. Yes. Uh, those were the great days. They were great days. Oh, yeah. George, thank yep. thank you so much for being with me today. And we've got a powerful electrical storm coming our way. And if you could see it on the weather radar, it looks uh, looks really bad. And there are tornadoes that are in the forecast here in the area of uh, St. Augustine and Jacksonville. Looks like most of it will be just a little bit south of us, and uh, hopefully. But we're getting uh, uh, we're getting the uh, sounds of uh, the thunder 
okay. expire now. So. All right. Well, well, nice speaking with you, Neil, and uh, stay safe. Okay. Oh, one other thing. Um, you recall uh, a couple of weeks ago we did a special on Mike Scott. And yes, Mike, I, I was no, not able to make that one. Yeah. Yeah, Mike lived up in your area. But do you know right. anything further about what's going to uh, happen with uh, the memorial they're giving him? Yeah, he, um, you know, Mike Mike had a, uh, I, I believe it was a, uh, a WACO, a WACO, whatever they call him. I'm never quite certain of the pronunciation uh, that he kept at Bayport Airport here on Long Island, which is uh, nothing but a grass strip. It's one of those old-time airports with mm-hmm. a lot of old-time aircraft in it. And the intention is, once the weather gets a little warmer, to have a uh, get-together there um, in memory of Mike, and at which time they're going to uh, drop his ashes out of – it might be out of his his old airplane. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'll keep you informed. When I, you know, I, I know several uh, people who were good friends with him who said they would let me know when that's going to take place, and I'll certainly let you know. Okay, very good, George. Again, thanks right. a lot for being with us, and I'm going to let Merle Haggard take us out here, and I'll okay. see you again. All so, right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Take care. Silver wings shining in the sunlight, roaring engines headed somewhere in flight. They're taking you away. Taking you away, 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.